Hello there. Welcome to the BL Portfolio Podcast coming from Business Lines in-house research team. At BL Research Bureau, we slice and dice stocks, mutual funds, insurance and other financial products as well as give you sound ideas to manage your money. I am Kumar Shankar Roy, Senior Assistant Editor. Stock markets, as you know, are hitting new highs every other week. Attracted by this robust performance, lakhs of new investors have entered the equity fold. Successful investing, they say, is built on a solid foundation of valuation. A popular valuation metric is P or price to earnings. But did you know that valuing stocks using P does not always work? This is where enterprise value-based multiples come in and help you zoom in on the right investment. To explain more about this, we have Hari Vishwanath, Chief Research Analyst from our Research Bureau. Hi, Hari. Hi, Kumar. Hari, I wanted to start off this discussion with the basic question. What is enterprise value? Enterprise value refers to the total value of a company. A company belongs to its equity shareholders, but whatever claims they have in the business is only after paying for third-party liabilities. Uh, So equity shareholders are next in line. The first priority of payment is always to the lenders of the company. It could be bondholders. It could be banks. So enterprise value basically is nothing but the sum of the market cap of the company plus its net debt. This is what enterprise value is. A simple way to understand this is, let us assume a property is worth 100 rupees. And let's say you have 20 rupees in cash and you need another rupees 80 to buy the property and borrow it from a bank. Now you have the property worth rupees 100 and you owe the bank rupees 80. Mm. If this was actually a business, we can term it this way. Mm. Enterprise value of the business is 100, out of which equity value is 100 minus the debt that you owe, Mm. which is 100 minus 80, Mm. which is 20 rupees. So the shareholder value is 20 and the debt is 80. So the enterprise value is 100. So this this is a simple way to understand enterprise value. You have to uh, basically look at companies the same way. Okay, Okay. Uh, fair point. So uh, we know that we are in a kind of a situation where the value of everything is going up. So in using your example, if the value of the business increases from 100 to 150, what does it mean to the shareholder? Okay, so in this case, basically what has happened is that the enterprise value, which is 100, has now moved up to 150, all right? It could be for various reasons. Maybe the value of the property is higher. So, and in that case, the debt remains same, which is 80 rupees. So, which means, again, in this case, the value, the enterprise value is 150 Mm. and the debt is 80. Mm. So, the equity value is 150 minus 80, which is 70. Okay. So for the shareholder, the shareholder has basically seen a 250% increase in mm. value from 20 to 70. Okay. okay. So you could say that uh, the uh, rise in enterprise value mm. will have a higher impact uh, in terms of percentage on the shareholder value if the company has debt. Okay. The reverse is also true. If the enterprise value decreases, 
Mm. It will be the shareholder value which will get impacted and not the debt. Oh, okay, okay. So coming back to another important point, like whenever we hear about you know valuation and all, we usually come across price to earnings (PE) and then price to book, which is PB. Yes. Now, why do we need to use EV-based valuation then? Okay, this is basically primarily for two reasons. The first one being that investment decision should never be based on just one valuation metric like price to earnings. Okay. All right. Just buying a stock based on price to earnings metric would be like buying a car just based on its engine power. Okay. There are many factors that go into buying a car, which is besides engine power, you yeah. would like to know what is its cost of maintenance, its mileage, how it performs under stress, yeah. etc. Similarly, one cannot restrict valuation to price to earnings and price to book. So you need to look at other metrics like enter enterprise value based metrics. The other reason why you need to look at EV is that EV gives scope for valuing companies that you cannot value on a price to earnings metric. For example, oh. there could be companies which are loss making. Mm -hmm. How do you value it? You need to move to multiples based on enterprise value mm. to arrive at the value of such stocks. Okay. So we need to use a different valuation metrics and uh, kind of then make the investment decision instead of relying on one. Yes. Bare point. Can you explain how to use enterprise value to value stocks? So basically there are multiple metrics that you can use to value companies based on enterprise value. Like in the case of EE, which is price to earnings, where the price is expressed as a multiple of your earnings or your EPS. Uh, in the case of uh, enterprise value, you can express the value of a company as a multiple of its EBITDA, which okay. is earning before interest, taxes, depreciation and amortization or earnings before interest, okay. which is earnings before interest and taxes, which is EBIT. Okay. Uh, so these two are the most commonly based uh, enterprise value metrics. There are many others. Before I get to that, one thing I want to mention here is that enterprise value is a uh, measurement is a capital agnostic way of valuing a company. So basically you could have two companies, company A and company B with mm. exactly the same business, same performance, etc. But mm. one could be entirely funded by equity and the okay. other could be funded by a combination of debt and equity. Okay. So uh, enterprise value based analysis makes it possible to compare these performance of these two companies. So here it is important to note that any uh, earnings metric that you use mm -hmm. to arrive at the enterprise value of a company, the earnings should be before adjusting for interest expense. Okay. Which is why in the case of EBITDA or EBIT, in, in both those cases, it is earnings before interest taxes, depreciation and amortization or earnings before interest and taxes. Okay. You are mentioning about other uh, EV based metrics. So can you shed some light on the other EV based metrics that investors should consider? Yes, I will get to that. But before that, I just wanted to give examples of uh, sectors where uh, EBITDA and EBIT metrics are used. Uh, usually EV by uh, EBITDA is used as a metric across industries where leverage is widely prevalent. 
and businesses are capital intensive okay like metals commodities telecom capital goods cement etc where leverage is used ebitda is a good metric to use the reason here is that by EBITDA, leverage you mean loans loans yes i mean loans uh, the reason here uh, is that uh, why ebitda is used is that it is a proxy for cash flows okay ebitda is a proxy for cash flows where companies have less capex intensity in industries like software mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. can use ebit okay so eb by ebit would be a good way to value a software company okay. eb by ebitda would be a good way to value companies in leverage sectors like metals telecom etc mm-hmm. getting to the other metrics so uh, these are all metrics that we can use for established companies companies that are that are in sectors that have been there for a long period of time etc so some of the other metrics are ev per ton and okay. ev per ton is used to value cement and metal companies and assess whether they are trading above or below their replacement costs okay. which basically refers to the cost of setting up a new plant okay okay, okay. so uh, this way uh, this metric is used because it kind of helps value a company assuming somebody who wants to enter the cement business all right let's say and they and cement companies are valued on an ev per ton basis instead of setting up a new cement plant which is going to cost them x rupees mm. can they buy an existing cement plant around that same price okay. or if it is trading below x so okay. so this is where replacement cost analysis helps another metric to value companies is based on ev by fcf fcf basically refers to free cash flow okay. and uh, this is more commonly used to value technology companies free cash flow is basically operating cash flow minus capex and okay. this is the cash that is available for dis- distribution to shareholders oh, okay. okay and uh, basically this cash is every year this gets added to the shareholders uh, reserves basically okay. so uh, assuming the company continues to hold on to this cash then it's a positive sign and companies can be valued on the basis of enterprise value by free cash flow okay you know uh, nowadays a lot of companies which are new to the business uh, which may not be exactly established ones very new age companies are coming to the ipo market and investors are getting a chance at buying them uh, but these companies uh, may not be profitable right now so yes. can enterprise value be used to value such companies which are not profitable right now yes uh, you you only have to use enterprise value based metrics uh, in those cases because pe is redundant there oh, so yeah. i mean many companies don't have profit many companies have listed mm-hmm. when they are expected to get profitable only few years down the line right so the ev ev based analysis would be very useful there one of the most common ways to value companies new age companies is enterprise value by sales okay. uh, growth companies can be valued as a multiple of sales provided when you analyze it you get confidence that the company has a path to profitability a company can be unprofitable today mm. uh, but it is its business prospects are improving and part part of the lack of profitability is also because invest, it is investing in growth you need okay. to invest to keep growing your business get more customers etc 
and uh, so uh, as long as there is a path to profitability you can value a company as a multiple of their sales okay. uh, and this multiple you can arrive at based on which year you which year in future you think it will get profitable and once it gets profitable on a sustained basis what is the margins going to be what are the ebitda margins ebit margins etc so in fact many of the new age companies uh, uh, which initially got listed in the us which were unprofitable at the time of listing like uber lift and there were many companies in the analytics space and mm. software as a service space which have been listed in the us in the last two decades they they were all uh, valued among the other things on the basis of enterprise value by sales and similarly these are multiples based on which even companies like zomato and freshworks are getting value okay so any other uh, ways to value new age companies apart yes. from the ones that we yes so basically yeah, you can value companies on a metric known as enterprise value per subscriber or mm-hmm. monthly active user so basically uh, uh, for example uh, social media companies were the craze when it came to investor attention in the early part of last decade 2010 2011 facebook yeah. was scaling up linkedin had established itself uh, twitter was famous uh, and uh, linkedin was the first uh, social media company to get listed this happened in 2011 the business models of social media companies were largely unproven at that time Uh, how they would monetize their subscribers network effect internet properties were still unproven revenue trajectories were unclear and uh, in in such times investors resorted to valuing the companies based on enterprise value per monthly active user okay. this was one metric that was used month uh, and uh, so basically you could replace monthly active user with subscriber basically what you have to do here is give a value to the company based on a monetizable asset it could be monthly active user it could be daily active users it could be subscribers etc mm. and uh, but this way of valuing companies did prove to be a good indicator for example when linkedin got listed it was valued it was given a value of around 60 dollars per subscriber okay and uh, so one year later uh, when facebook got listed it was given a value over 100 dollars and part of this was because linkedin had got listed the stock had performed well and the company's revenues trajectory had started scaling up well so this gave confidence when facebook got listed and facebook had more dominance in its field and finally you would be surprised when linkedin got acquired by microsoft 5 years after it got listed mm. it got an ev per monthly active user valuation of around dollar 220 oh so i just wanted to share this example that's all from us this week thank you for tuning in let's meet next week with another interesting topic bye